You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes. And in this week's show, we're asking, what is Windows 11 and how do I upgrade to it? My name is Christian Corley. I'm an editor at Make Use Of. And with me is a fellow editor, Gavin Phillips. Uh, Gavin, how are you doing? Yeah, doing very, very well, Christian. How about yourself? I'm not bad. I keep getting messages on my computer telling me that it's time to upgrade to Windows 11. And then when I click to find out more, I find out that my computer may be able to upgrade to Windows 11, um, but not yet. That's uh, it's a tricky thing, isn't it? <laughs> it reminds me uh, somewhat of when uh, we all upgraded to Windows 10, which actually doesn't feel like that long ago, but it's... Uh, six years now at this point Gosh. so there was a lot of consternation around that time about upgrading and a lot of issues that came with it but windows 11 upgrade does seem to be flowing a little bit more smoothly than the previous version would you i mean would you put money on that uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no <laughs> um I think for a lot of people, the Windows 11 upgrade may not happen straight away anyway, mm -hmm. as Windows 11 has a very strict set of hardware requirements that Microsoft have previously announced they're going to be quite strict on checking. Yes. Um, and so those hardware requirements are you need um, an Intel seventh generation cpu or better uh, an amd ryzen 3000 series gp uh, cpu sorry or better uh, and there's a couple of um 2000 series cpus and a couple of intel sixth gen cpus that have sort of snuck through but um for most part you do need to hit this hardware requirement before microsoft will offer you the direct upgrade so if you see the upgrade icon on your uh, desktop it may mean that your computer is already eligible but also confusingly it may not and that's definitely sort of classic microsoft style there they're just going to bombard you with uh, notifications in the hope that you might upgrade so the, the key thing about this i think of the, the thing that's drawn the most attention is tpm isn't it and what is that oh yeah so the tpm thing is is quite interesting so the tpm is a trusted platform uh, module and it's basically a very small bit of hardware on your motherboard um that basically adds to the protection it's a bit adds extra encryption to your computer so if someone were to break in and try and run some nasty code or they try to get into say you'd encrypted your files on your computer um, and they were trying to break into them they would need to get through this tpm module the encryption that comes with it and the encryption that comes with it is very strong so with with windows 10 when that launched there was no tpm requirement everybody on windows xp windows 7 windows 8 8.1 and so on and so forth could all freely and happily upgrade to windows 10. this time out windows has a specific requirement for tpm 2.0 which is the recommended requirement although you can get away with the sort of previous version tpm 1.2 which is listed as the minimum requirement somewhat 
confusingly it's also listed as different things on your computer so if you went to try and turn the setting on in your system bios or uefi uh, uefi how do you say that is there a proper way of saying that <laughs> I, um, I i go with uefi but uefi yeah that, that, that might be that, football <laughs> but um sorry to digress but it's uh, so it's called Intel's Platform Trust Technology. If you're using an Intel system or if you're using an AMD system, it could be called AMD FTMP. Right. And these are both offer the same thing on your motherboard, but they don't they're not listed under the same same name. But before upgrading to Windows 11, you have to switch these things on or else the upgrade won't work this is the direct upgrade route so microsoft have also said that you can sort of skirt these restrictions and do what's called a clean installation on your computer so instead of waiting for the upgrade bubble to appear and you click the upgrade bubble or, or whatever it is and and it upgrades for you you could download windows 11 separately put it onto a usb flash drive and run the installation yourself and that wouldn't i mean surely the tpm is still required for that the tpm is still required for it right. absolutely but you can skirt the restrictions and then switch it on afterwards which does work but it's a bit sort of you can do it i think microsoft have pre made it quite clear they prefer you not to do it okay that's interesting so upgrading to windows 11 um presumably i mean we know that large parts of the world are still using windows xp and windows 7 but people who are using computers at work or have bought a computer in the last few years and let's call them responsible computer users with devices um, with different origins, <laughs> I'm already using Windows 10. So upgrading to Windows 11 is free, isn't it? Yeah, upgrading to Windows 11 is is completely free. Um, the restriction with the TPM, the Trusted Platform Module, I can't remember the exact date, I'm afraid. It skipped my mind, but it's either most computers manufactured since 2015 or 2016 i'd have to double check the exact date but it's one of those two years are highly likely to have at least a tpm 1.2 module available on the motherboard so if you've got as you said christian like a recent computer recently manufactured computer that's fairly up to date you should be okay in terms of the uh, the tpm requirement the flip side is that even if you bought a computer in say 2016 you may not have the correct cpu to upgrade with so that's another level of difficulty that microsoft have put in for everybody so are we talking low spec cpus here or yeah so the issue is i think microsoft want um, windows 11 to run as they see it which is somewhat flashier than uh, windows 10 although not much more it seems like the introduction of curved edges on windows explorer and the start menu have drastically increased 
the computing power required to to run the operating system or they're future proofing it in in a way that we're not really sure of yet given how they approached windows 10 which was we want everyone through the door as quick as possible it's quite a change around so the the windows 10 thing was they wanted a billion a billion devices within the first year which i don't think they quite hit i think it was about 18 months or so but the yeah the change in approach like i said is definitely quite different it's very much a no if you're not on the list you're not coming in it's possible i understand to have a computer that isn't windows 11 compatible install windows 11 by editing the registry yeah that's an interesting uh interesting isn't it so that definitely uh definitely works which is a bit uh <laughs> sketchy i'm not sure if i would 100 percent do this uh myself and i can't say that i've actually tried this process either so i can't um confirm how it works in person but i've seen a video of someone doing it and it did it did seem to work okay i don't know if it leaves any lasting effects on the computer afterwards but you're also right in that you can run windows 11 on on unsupported hardware so my laptop uh, downstairs has been running windows 11 since uh since they first released it basically when they were doing the very first early builds released to what's called the insider preview program which you sign up for and then you test windows before it's released so on that computer that is running uh outdated hardware it's outside the list of intel cpus it's an unsupported cpu but it's still receiving updates every few weeks is still receiving feature updates when they arrive despite microsoft's messaging saying that the opposite would happen that there would be no security or feature updates delivered to hardware that doesn't meet their specifications which is slightly confusing messaging yeah it's somewhat um so uh, it's Windows 11. Everything we've spoken about so far in this week's really useful podcast, you'll find reference to in our show notes. Uh, the majority of them will be linked to articles on Make Use Of. We've um, published an awful lot about Windows 11, which is really useful. Um, one of the things that um, I've noticed is uh, something that Gavin raised with me uh, before the show um, about different Windows 11 editions. Now, in my mind, there should probably be two versions of every operating system one for servers and one for computers but it never works out that way in the days of windows xp and vista and 7 there was like half a dozen versions of operating systems of the same operating system for different uses which not only became a bit confusing because you all the different features just ends up being frustrating with windows 10 it's a little more clear cut isn't it there's only two or three versions of windows 10 Although looking at it, they, 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 there was a Windows 10s as well, wasn't there? So that probably goes back towards half a dozen. What's the state with Windows 11? Is it like do, do I um, do, do I need a special catalog and compar comparison chart in order to decide which version of Windows 11 I'm going to need? <laughs> I mean, having a beautiful Microsoft chart on your wall is is never a miss. <laughs> but if you like a slightly more tasteful decor. Um, I think for most people, it boils down to Windows 11 Home and Windows 11 Pro. Uh, so they're going to be the two main main versions that people are going to be using. So the Home version comes with 
basically everything you would expect uh normal security parental controls um some types of encryption but not not bit locker which we'll get to in a moment um but it also has additional new features such as the windows subsystem for linux which is quite handy if you want to tinker with linux apps um and it will also have the uh, the new Windows 11 feature, which is the Android app device support, which is just starting to roll out now proper, uh, which I'm quite excited to give a go. Mm -hmm. The difference between Home and Pro is that uh, Pro comes with uh, the full BitLocker integration. So BitLocker is Microsoft's um, integrated encryption service, which you can use to encrypt a, a, a folder or a whole drive and so on. And it also comes with more integrations for things like cloud computing and sandboxes and, and remote desktop support and, and whatnot. And there's also a difference in price, of course. I think the Windows Hope 10, if you were going to buy Windows 11 Home, I think it would be like $99. Uh, well, Windows 10 Pro would be 199 so quite a significant difference really now that that brings me to a particular question i noticed with uh, windows 11 pro there's um we've, we've listed uh hyper v which is used for virtualization does that mean you can't use a virtual machine on windows 11 home I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. It could be that there is no Hyper-V integration with Windows 11 Home. That doesn't mean that you can't use virtual machines on the computer itself, though. So Hyper-V is Microsoft's integrated virtualization platform. So you turn the feature on within Windows itself, and then it creates you know, the option to create virtual machines. Yeah. If that isn't available within Windows 11 Home, you have the option of downloading free tools such as VirtualBox or VMware, VMware Workstation. Uh, I think that's the free one off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, but both of those are perfectly competent tools, and in many cases, like sometimes easier to use than Hyper Hyper V. Okay. Uh, I know um, that the subsystem for Linux is available in Windows 11 Home, so it's probably not a big uh, shortcoming. You mentioned Android apps before, and I think we should probably do a really useful podcast about running Android apps on different platforms at some point in the future, because that's a really good topic. Absolutely. It's going to be quite an interesting addition to Windows 11. It was one of those shortcomings that people have talked about for quite a long time with uh, Microsoft and Windows and struggling to get some of the access to just a few apps that might make your life a little bit nicer whilst using using windows so it's actually an integration through the amazon app store which is another interesting thing all to itself but we won't digress into that but so amazon are supporting microsoft's efforts to get android apps onto windows 11 but okay. once you have windows 11 and the full um, app store is up and running you should actually just be able to download the amazon app store from the microsoft store uh, and then start browsing the app store as you would do say on your on your smartphone and download apps that are compatible with your system which um, has enormous possibilities for productivity doesn't it it's uh, quite exciting 
So I was, think. Oh, go on. Oh, so I was just going to say, I think it's quite interesting as well. If you wanted to run Windows 11 using just a lot of really good free software on like a really low power uh, bit of hardware, you could use just Android apps and perhaps that would you know decrease the amount of battery life you're using you know increase your battery time keep you up and running for a bit longer if you're using like low power apps yeah yeah definitely and i think productivity is a key aspect of uh, windows 11 isn't it now i, I, I suppose we, we, i mean we, we've i've been asking you all these questions about windows 11 you're using windows 11 aren't you I'm using it on my laptop, but not on my main computer. But I will tell you why that is. Go on then. So, <laughs> ready for this? Yeah. Uh, AMD CPUs didn't like it at the oh, start. Oh, <laughs> no. So, after they rolled out Windows 11 proper to more users, it became apparent that those with an AMD CPU... Any particular type Intel or CPU. all of them? Sorry? Any particular type or all of them? No, this was a general right. affecting all AMD Ryzen CPUs. Up until about a week a week ago, I think they rolled right. out the fix. So there was about a 15% performance hit for AMD CPUs. So as someone that recently bought quite a nice new AMD CPU, I was rather happy just to stay with windows 10 for a few more weeks and not take you know a 15 percent performance hit for when uh, i do inevitably switch but now there's a fix being rolled out and uh it's it's good to go for everyone so i mean i've asked you to tell me whether i should be upgrading to windows 11 when are you upgrading to windows 11 on this machine i will be updating very very soon but i can say the experience on my laptop has been sensational i i really enjoyed the the whole operating system as it is at the moment but that's not to say it doesn't have a few like irritating quirks you know if you are someone who likes to group your icons on the taskbar you're going to find that frustrating because that is not a feature in Windows 11 yet, which seems like a giant oversight to me. Similarly, if, like most people, you open a folder and you want to drag, uh, drag a file into a specific program you've got on your taskbar, say you open an image and you want to drag it into an image editor that you have pinned, it won't do that, which, again, is a massive oversight for an enormous operating system and functionality that existed within Windows 10 that hasn't made the crossover to Windows 11, which I think, as you'll probably agree, Christian, is a bit bonkers. I'm wondering if I've actually awoken in a parallel universe. <laughs> Seriously, wow. that's um, yeah, yeah, things like that. So the the style of it and the speed of it it's it is a fast operating system there's no denying that but things like that are really they've, they've sort of let the the rest of the the side down well so i'm um, with that in mind and given the particulars of your own computer it may be that you prefer to just stick with windows 10 that is an option and um, Windows 10 will be supported until October 2025 with updates, security patches, all that sort of thing to ensure that your PC continues to work well. So you'll get all your Windows updates and you'll be able to continue with Windows 10.
and we'll take a moment from our usual podcast proceedings to just remind you that the really useful podcast can be found pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. We're hosted at Transistor.fm, so you can find us there as well. We're also on YouTube and, of course, on MakeUseOf.com. Now, however you subscribe to the Really Useful Podcast and listen to us, it would be amazing if you could take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help us to find new listeners and take our podcast to ever greater heights. You'll find the link to our Apple Podcast page in the show notes. Thanks a lot. Obviously, Microsoft want you running Windows 11, but then again, there are alternatives to Microsoft operating systems anyway. So, you know, you you might decide to go for the latest Ubuntu or um, any of the... I mean, I could reel off a list of uh, Linux operating systems right here and now, but it would take me for the rest of the show. So <laughs> let's let's just stick with you one two and recognize that there are many others that you could also upgrade to or switch to. I don't upset any Microsoft fans there. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's not it's not all bad, and there are other ways to do some of the things. You know, you can win. You can run Windows. Beg your pardon. You can run. Android apps on Windows using software such as BlueStacks and uh, I'll just use your phone app, uh, which gives you a bit of integration with your phone. So, and everything else is probably, I don't know. I mean, would a lot of the things that there is obviously that, that, that TPM sort of anchor to everything and ha- having a more secure operating system. But generally speaking, there isn't an awful lot of difference between them, is there? No, and some of the some of the features as well that you were talking about, especially some of the stuff um, with regards to productivity. So Microsoft has gone for a big, you know, productivity push with Windows 11, but you can bring some of that functionality actually into Windows 10 anyway. So one of the big things during the Windows 11 release videos was that they would have all new snap layouts, way more snap layouts. So, you know, when you drag your window to one side of the screen and the other windows go, doink, 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 we're all into position now. And so they made a big deal out of, oh, you you can do it in a quadrant or you could do it in thirds and halves uh, uh, and so on and so forth. But anyway, so there's a tool called PowerToys, which is a Microsoft open source tool that you can download for Windows 10. And this brings that same functionality into the operating system. And you have loads more different configuration options without having to upgrade to the new new operating system. Um, Similarly, things like the Microsoft Teams integration into the taskbar. I mean, it's a handy tool, but I don't think many people are you know writing home about it it's useful if you use microsoft teams but i mean it's not the be all and end all of why you would necessarily want to upgrade and the same for the the windows widgets which is they've brought a new widget feature to the desktop and anyone who's slightly older will remember the old widgets from uh, windows 7 wasn't it you know clustering up your desktop with clocks and all this that and the other but now it's hidden under a nice uh, button on your taskbar you click it 
various information about your stocks and the football scores and the weather and whatnot. But again, there are apps and tools that can do that for you in Windows 10. Yeah, some, of, some of them re revive the old Windows 7 and Windows Vista um, widgets as well. So you can just, as they were back in the day, you can still use those. Um, we've had, there'll be a link in the show notes to that because I've written about that already. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, like you said, it's not necessary to upgrade and it's not necessary to stress about if your hardware isn't up to Microsoft specifications and say that you cannot upgrade wagging the big Microsoft finger because you can bring most of the functionality of Windows 11 into Windows 10 already. Which is pretty cool, really, when you think about it. And, you know, at the end of the day, there is a jolly good chance that you're going to buy a computer in the next five years, which will be running Windows 11. So stressing over upgrading your existing hardware probably isn't worth the effort. No, absolutely. It's only, you know, tech people like you and I <laughs> being forced to upgrade uh, yeah. to maintain at the forefront of technology, you know, brave brave travellers through the world of Microsoft tech. Yes, couldn't have put it better myself. So, you should now know whether or not you are able to upgrade to Windows 11 from your Windows 10 computer, and whether you want to, uh, whether you, your hardware will support the upgrade, or whether it's best to leave well alone for the time being. Hopefully, everything we've um, discussed in this really useful podcast will have um, clarified things for you. And if not, refer to the show notes for further reading. Until next time, it's goodbye from myself, Christian Corley, and from Gavin Phillips. Bye-bye.